Connor is on the verge of being a dynasty, going for back-to-back -back state championships. Tide Haven, the underdog, can they continue surprising the state? We're about to find out, folks. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett here on Sideline to Sideline, the state championship preview shows brought to you by SI Design and Printing right here on L4 Media as, we're time, as it's time to talk a little Class 3A Division Two, Gunner versus Tidehaven. And speaking of Gunner, we want to thank our Gunner's title sponsor for this show, the Shaggy Dog. They're a local Gunner business. All your embroidery and gift shop needs are right there, located at 418 West Main Street in Gunner. You can find them online at shopshaggy.com. You can also email them shaggydoggunner at email.com. Give them a call, 512-619-5982. They offer laser engraving. They offer gunner wear. They offer inspirational. They have it all there and right there and locally owned. And if you've listened to us, you know how big we are on having locally owned businesses sponsor this stuff. And we do appreciate the Shaggy Dog being a sponsor for this show. And maybe hopefully we can get them back on in 2024. We're going to have ourselves a great one. And if you've been listening to the other ones or watching the other ones through the watch party, and by the way, if you're watching this video, I'm assuming you're here for the game watch party. We will have Gunner versus Tidehaven watch party. Uh, we're basically, we're going to hang out, watch the game together tonight uh, and, and talk the game as it happens. That's also brought to you by the Shaggy Dog. And so if, you, if you've listened to or watched that, you know the format here. Uh, I'm going to be having some people on, of course, co-host Grant Goodwin, uh, Matt Diggs. Uh, also have the head coach of Tidehaven, Coach David Lucio. Uh, and we're just talking football, talking this game specifically. And this is an interesting one. I, I think this is one of the ones that there is definitely a prohibitive favorite in Gunner going for back-to-back -back state championships. Um, third time they've made it in, you know, three years, they've, th this would be their fourth state championship. And so with Tidehaven, though, I mean, they've now been the underdog for what, two weeks at least. Uh, they finally got by Poth in a great overtime game two weeks ago in the region final. Now, uh, or then last week they got past Dangerfield in a state semifinal. Both of those were definitely upsets or considered upsets. Uh, and both of them were in overtime, both of them great games. I, I watched the Dangerfield Tidehaven game online, and man, that was just a crazy game. The way it, it, it developed, it, it, you just kind of kept waiting for Dangerfield to go, okay, wake up, guys. You know, and this is what Grant and I have always talked about with them. You just never know what you're going to get with them. Uh, but you also got to credit what Tidehaven was able to do offensively, playing keep away from Dangerfield, never letting Dangerfield. Uh, get going uh, offensively, and it was a great, great game. And so what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about this state championship matchup, Gunner, the favorite, versus Tidehaven, the underdog, and we'll do all that when we come back. We're going to start with Grant Goodwin when we come back here on Sideline to Sideline. Are you an athletic director or coach looking to make your locker room pop, looking to refresh your look, looking to redo your brand? Well, check out SI Design and Printing. They're going to transform your sports organization athletic facilities into what you're looking for by enhancing the student-athlete experience, boasting the brand, and 
honoring your past. They do that with banners, backlit signage, locker graphics, window graphics, fence mesh graphic designs, and so much more. If you need a refresh, SI Design is going to help you do that. Check them out online, SIDesign.net. And hey, if you're a parent or a grandparent, they've got something for you as well, as SI Design is the leading provider of custom sports prints. They offer a variety of products, including posters, banners, canvases, and more. All you have to do is upload your high-quality studio or action shot, and SI Design will create the memory for you. For more information, all you have to do is go to their website, sidesign.net forward slash sports prints, and you'll get all the information that you need. You can also find them on Facebook. Just type in SI Design and Printing. Give them a call, 254-405-9492, or you can email them, info at sidesign.net, and tell Kyle that's sideline to sideline. 3A Division Two. We got another battle of unbeaten's. The Gunner Tigers, fifteen and zero, versus the Tidehaven Tigers, fourteen and zero. Now, one of these teams we thought would be here for sure, Grant. The other one we did not. Uh, this is an interesting matchup. These two teams do a lot of the same things. They just do them in different ways. What are your thoughts on this game? Who man, uh, you know, we had a Gunner Canadian game circled all year, right? Um, went out there and just saw Gunner just dismantle a really good Canadian team. I, you know, I think a lot of people were harping on the fact that Gunner is missing quite a few starters. They're missing some of their fastest players, you know, the Peacock yep. kid uh, being one of them. Uh, but I'll tell you what, that Gunner quickness, especially on defense, gave Canadian fits. Just absolutely gave Canadian fits. And that's this Gunner defense is so quick so quick uh i just they're just tough crack i think uh time is going in this ball it's going to be by their defense which you know hold uh, dangerfield the fourth week so that's a major plus right and, and joseph dodds the running back the baylor commit um he is good between the tackles and i think they're going to have to run right at the teeth of that gunner defense to win this ball game. I do not think they're going to be able to set the edge on this gunner uh, defense. Well, you know, they were, well, I watched that Tidehaven Dangerfield game and what they do is they use Dodd to soften up the middle. And then they use a lot of jet sweeps to try to get to that corner so quick that, that you don't, that your, your ends or your outside linebackers aren't even allowed to set the edge because it happens so quick. But like you said, when you're playing gunner, that's you're not going to out quick gunner. You might beat them, but tight Haven's not going to walk off the field going, Hey, we out, we out quick them. I mean, this is one of those games. I think you tell Joseph Dodd, Hey buddy, you might get 45 carries in this game. I, I don't see another path for tight Haven to win other than play, keep away, get a ton of first downs, three and a half yards a pop, and, and just hope that you're, you're leading in time of possession three to one. And even then that might not be enough. Yeah, you know, going back to what you said about those sweeps, slip screen, um, the great for getting on the edges, uh, as an offensive player, you've got to get to a certain spot. The thing is, that gunner defense beats you to that spot just about, every, you know. So, yeah, I think it's going to come down to Joseph Dodds uh, just having to have 40, 50, <laughs> 50 carries. And then uh, Todd Haven defense, as good as they were in all year, and as good as they were against Dangerfield, 
they're going to be uh, really stretched with uh, Walker Overman at quarterback. That kid is something special. Um, Gunner offensively, just they execute so well. And just like on the defensive side of the ball, they're so quick and they're so fast and they execute. And when you have speed, quickness, and execution, it's almost flawless 80, 90% of the time. That's just a bad deal for a defense. Well, and yeah, exactly right. And let's be honest, watching that game, Dangerfield did Dangerfield things. There was a lot of wide open missed wide receivers. There was a couple, you know, just moments where it looked like Dangerfield was about to take control of that game and give credit to Tide Haven. But again, I think we said it in the Albany Mart. If Tide Haven's going to win this game, Gunter's going to have to help them win the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Um, you know, Canadian did a good job on uh, really limiting the quarterback for Gunner Walker Overman, uh, but then they've got the Brock bodies, uh, the the other running, you know, the running back, and then uh, Cannon Lindbergh, uh, the receiver. They can both, you know, uh, just kill you in the running game and out in the flat, deep. So uh, this tight end defense is going to be tested like they haven't been tested all year um gunner you know they might have some trouble with joseph dodds if they decide if, if todd haven's able to get push up front uh on the offensive line and uh dodds is able to get you know uh, get a couple of creases he's gone uh so you know this is not a foregone conclusion for gunner i just think gunner matches up a little bit better against todd haven and i like gunner uh in this ball game I will say this, uh, Tidehaven is one of the few teams that I think that if Gunner tries to make this a street fight, that Tidehaven can respond. Cause that's what Dangerfield yeah. tried to do. Tried to intimidate him with physicality. And, and I was very impressed with, with Tidehaven and they, they respond in the right way and they push back and they get physical. And, you know, that's part of Gunner's game. In fact, I thought that's what, you know, the, the Gunner Canadian game, it always turns on something. I thought part of it was, is, Canadian, for whatever reason, just didn't respond to being pushed around by Gunner as much as I thought they would. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to come in and intimidate the Tigers, that's for sure. Uh, the Tidehaven Tigers or the Gunner Tigers. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think you just come out and punch uh, Tidehaven in the mouth and expect them to lay down or go soft. They will not do that. This will be a fight for uh, both sides. Football, it's something that is a Texas favorite. Often it's prioritized above so much in our culture here in Texas. Coach Jake Johnson, he's the head football coach for the Millsap Texas High School football team. He's actually quite an imposing figure. Run it, run it. But Normal cancer team. didn't care. It didn't care that he was a big, strong guy. It didn't care that he has a wife and kids. It didn't care that he was somebody's son. Cancer didn't care that he is a coach trying to help his football players become young men. Dogs! Go, 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 go. Cancer didn't even care about his faith. When he received his diagnosis a little over a year ago, his wife and kids surrounded him in love and support. His parents immediately got in the car from Georgia and drove out to be with him and his family. His in-laws also came to help out around the house as well. Surrounded by help, love, and support, instead of fear and worry, Coach Johnson chose to move forward, walking in and relying on his faith. I don't know how good of a job I did, but I can tell you this. It certainly allowed me to speak truth into them that their value is not in winning a football game. 
to the sideline to sideline state championship preview show is being brought to you by montana ridge outfitters this is the perfect gift we're about 10 days away from christmas and this is the perfect gift if you have a hunter a fisher an outdoorsman in or woman in your life and you need a gift idea this late this is the perfect one. You love hunting and the outdoors, and so do we. And that's why we've created a way for you to enjoy it every month with Montana Ridge Outfitters Shirt of the Month Club. Subscribers get a new shirt with one of the top hunting ranches, guide services, or dealers from the United States and around the world. With this shirt style of your choice, members receive a five by seven color card that has pictures, information related to each month's subjects. In addition, our website features previous month's shirts as well as MRO merchandise. Go to MontanaRidgeGear.com and select a three, six, or 12-month subscription and begin receiving your packages in the mail the following month. Now, as a member, you will not know what month's subject will be until you receive it in the mail. Thank you for being one of us, and we look forward to supplying you with next month's shirt again that's montana ridgegear.com terry bennett back here on the sideline to sideline state championship preview shows gunter versus tidehaven i'm now joined by the head coach of the tidehaven tigers coach david lucio and coach first off big congratulations first state championship uh, appearance for tidehaven since 1980 and for you this hits a little bit closer to home being a guy that played at tidehaven what are your thoughts on this week no it's uh so i mean it's a it's an awesome experience man especially being a hometown boy and uh uh I, you know I, I coached here man about 17 18 years ago uh for a few years and i left and uh went to some different places and then uh came back i'm saying maybe six years later something like that as the athletic director and uh, it's been a it's been a journey since then to uh to get this program to where we are now uh you know, I can say we had to start from from the ground up. Uh, the guy before me, uh, Brent Mayshek, he was doing a good job of heading it in the right direction, and so we just kind of came in and um, and took it from there. But as far as like the uh, culture, the culture was uh, when I was here in the '90s. You know, Tide Haven had a great program from uh, their existence of 1950 to to 2000. It was a good little run. They had a couple state championships, a whole bunch of district championships, and. Uh, you know, just a, a good overall uh, a showing, but uh, they faded there in 2000 to about 2015. Had a pretty became you know pretty dormant uh, program. Uh, with one, I mean, there was one we had a, one playoff uh, um, playoff showing in I think 2008 mm-hmm. where uh, we made it round one. But other than that, man, we uh, it was pretty down. So uh, when I came back in, the goal was to to get us back to where we used to be as far as the thinking, the working, the staying after school, summer programs, all that type of stuff. And uh, we've gotten there probably about two, three years ago, full force, man. And um, it's, uh, it's starting to show. Yeah, I was I was actually going to say, you know, for people that might not know about Tidehaven and they think, oh, you're a newcomer. I think this is now y'all's ninth or 10th straight playoff appearance. And each year you're in the playoffs, y'all usually go a few rounds. You know, last year y'all were 11 and three. But this year you finally break through. Uh, first off, you break through by finally beating Poth in an absolute classic of a game, 34 to 28 in overtime. What were your thoughts on that game? That was probably our our hugest hugest game in because uh we just happened to match up with uh uh post two thousand nineteen 
I had a pretty good little squad and uh we uh, you know that that game was huge for us because I felt we were we had a lot of speed on that team but we weren't very strong and we always hit the weights but uh we felt like both uh physically dominated us and uh after that game I you know I made a declaration to our coaching staff that uh, that uh cuz I was always big in the weights but I had gotten away from it as far as being super core and I was like, nah, we're going back to we're going back to being a we're going to eat some iron every day, and then of course uh, the fantastic gear of 2020 happened, <laughs> and we didn't get to implement it. You know, we didn't have an off season or a summer that year, not a real summer at least. And uh, uh, so in 2021, uh, we implemented the the a new off season program, a summer program, and uh, it's taken us to new heights. That year, I had a sophomore dominated team and we were still able to go three rounds deep unfortunately for us we ran into coach luna and his pirates again uh from post and uh they knocked us out in the third round and then the next year my i was a junior dominant team and we run into good old post again in round four <laughs> and uh, they got us in a in a defensive battle uh i can't even remember the score. I think it was 12 to 6 something like that and then they went on to play gunner last year and then this year, uh, my sophomores are seniors, or sophomores from that year, seniors, and uh, so uh, uh, we were able to finally beat them, which was it just grew to a point. Where I was like, man, are we ever going to get this done against these cats? Because the thing is, they got an awesome program down there. Coach Luna and his staff are uh, some of the best in the state, and um, their boys are—they always got good-sized boys. So it's not, you know, that was a big obstacle for us. So once we overcame them. I know a lot of people had us as big dogs against Dangerfield. Um, and it's weird when you get to this, you start getting, even in regional level, you you play different people from, from different parts of the world. That's mm-hmm. what I tell them. So da- dangerous from, Dangerfield's from a whole nother part, from a whole nother part of the world for us. Uh, so you, you can watch all the tape you want and you can say, well, this team that we played, played this team who played this team that played that team <laughs> and they lost by three, but none of that stuff means anything. You step on that field, you look across there, and like we did, and I'm sure they did it. To us. We got a good sized team, but they had some some big old boys over there as far as their offensive line, and we knew their skill kids were were good. But uh, man, we got pretty good skill kids too, and we probably don't get the looks they do as far as uh, you know. I got the Dodds uh, kid going to to Baylor, and I got a, a junior, the Duran kid. He's get he's probably gonna. He's probably going to get some D1 offers pretty soon uh, at uh, that H-back position. But I got some other kids that can play ball, and they just, well, for whatever reason, I got the, that Griffith kid. He's a D1 kid. He, has, he hasn't gotten an official offer yet, which is insane to me. But you know how that recruiting business goes. Yep. I don't, you know, I don't know what they're looking for, but that kid is a monster. And since he, but he hasn't had an official one, so nobody counts him. And so, you know, they they don't look at us. But the reality is, is that I got other boys too that, that are up there on that level. But um, so on paper, it just looks like we're a bunch of uh, scrappy, but we're really not a scrappy team, man. We're, we're, we got a lot of talent, a lot of, a lot of good stuff to work with. Well, and you, again, that you brought the danger field and y'all were, I guess the underdog in that game and you ground them down and you win in overtime. And you talk about this class, the Joseph Dodds and the group that are seniors, they started this, this run for them as sophomores. And what has it meant for you to see the, the growth and the mature maturing of them, not only as football players, but, but men. Oh, they, uh, they had to take on a lot as, as, uh, some, some, uh, little boys, man, that sophomore 
Baker and uh they've uh they've come into their own man uh they they set a standard amongst uh, the rest of the kids as far as uh not only showing up to workouts because we you know you'll hear a lot of coaches talking about oh I got this many kids coming to workouts but what are they doing when they get there mm-hmm. are they really you know trying to uh, reach for their best and uh, these kids set a high high standard for that and it's, uh, it's shown off my other strong is a sophomore class if you look at our roster I got a lot of starters that are sophomores too um, and so uh, those boys are just like that senior class so I just I just got a bunch of um, uh, hungry kids, man, that, uh, they get after it and they, uh, they expect the same from their teammates. And, um, it's just a good combination. Man. All right. Well, this week you're taking on Gunter, all the state championship trimmings and all that. Does it matter? What do you look, what do you see when you look on the film looking at Gunter? Oh, I see a lot of speed, some tough kids. Like uh, I've used the word bully and I don't mean that in a, in a, in a negative way. Yeah. Uh, they 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 handle their business up there in their in their territory, and uh, you can just watch it on film where they uh, they just you know they kind of uh, do what they want to do, man. And uh, I know you know Gunner's one of them programs that a lot of guys throughout the state watch and try to you know mold their programs after, and uh, and, and rightfully so. I mean they they've been out for a while now. This isn't something new, and uh, so. Um, just watching them on field, man. I just see their athletic ability. Uh, they're like us with the, uh, as far as not very many two-way players, which in our division, that's, that's a good thing. Yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna go into, you know, I'm not going to say no names, but some of the previous opponents we faced, that was part of our strategy. It was like, Hey boys, we just, y'all just keep going hard because they got too many two-way players and it's going to catch up to them. And then when they're over, you know, exhausted we're gonna, we're just going to go and do our thing and it's worked out for us well that's not a strategy we get to use this week because uh and it's a strategy i'm sure gunner uses i mean you watch their film you'll see teams fade in the fourth quarter and then if you go and see how many two-way starters they've got they got you know five to eight kids going both ways and gunner doesn't and uh so you know that's the thing we won't be able to use it as a strategy but at the same time for the most part they won't get to use it against us either but uh hopefully you know we we take care of business and we find a way to contain all that speed and uh, all that talent. And, uh, not, you know, the thing about them, they got all that. And then they got a system that in itself, if they didn't have kids that had all that speed and talent, guess what? They would still be good yep. because that system is hard to stop. So you, you take that system, you put some, some fellas behind it and this is what you get 31 game, uh, winning streak and, uh, attempting to go back to back for state championships, man. So in the meantime, we got to jump in front of that uh, that bull and see if we can we can wrestle him down. Well, and you talk about that they play a system that, that in any amount of time is hard to to game plan against. But in less than a week, in as you and I were talking off the uh, air before we started, you're a coach and you're coaching your team, but you're also having to do a ton of other stuff that you normally wouldn't have to do with this being a state championship week. At, at times, do you get kind of dizzy with all the stuff you're having to do? Oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, I like, again, uh, I've said this before, I've got a great coaching staff and great coordinators. And so, uh, I just made it a point, uh, you know, as the years have gone by, most of these, these guys, offensive coordinators are, uh, my son who obviously knows my system probably ain't even my system anymore. Matter of fact, it's, 
it's uh, his system. You know what I mean? He's added and d- done his own thing to where uh, uh, that you know they ain't really running. I mean, they're running my 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 system to an extent. I start off at the beginning of the season with, hey, this is what I'd like for us to do. Do this, do that, blah blah blah, and take it aim and him and his co-coordinator, Sam Murphy, who was my very first hire as a head football coach uh, back in Louise, uh, he's been with me 10 years, and he's like a little nephew to me. And then I got uh, then my son. I, I just make sure those two don't get messed with. They, uh, as far as game planning, they don't have no responsibilities as far as helping us coordinate this trip or any of that stuff. All they got is football, football, football. Same thing with our kids, and the same thing on my defensive side. I got Coach Gonzalez and uh, Coach uh, Fagley are two of the main uh, uh, defensive guys and then a bunch of other assistants. I, I just make sure that none of those cats worry about any of this stuff. Uh, I'll handle it. I peek in on their game planning and uh, all that. Maybe, you know, tell them, hey, man, maybe we should try a double reverse pass, <laughs> throwback, whatever. You know, some they look at me like I'm stupid. Then I show them it on YouTube. And then they look at me. <laughs> even stupider and then i say never mind <laughs> and i walk out of the room so that's about how how it's working this week man i just make sure those boys are focused on football i get in it when i can and uh in the meantime i'm just trying to coordinate this trip man to make sure we don't uh we don't take the wrong turn and end up in call Terry Bennett back here on the state championship preview shows. I am now joined for our yearly state of the union address by the man, the myth, the legend coach X. Yes. We keep trying to tell people you're a real person. Coach X, how you doing, buddy? Well, I think you ruined the real person with me when you, when you found out your computer had a voice changer. So (laughs) that was great, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'm still mad that Grant gets to sound like evil, and y'all made me sound like a eunuch in a harem. Okay, one time I'm meant to be on there. So here's I've got to pull back and tell people what happened on that. I mean, I knew I'd had him. I just had never told Grant. Didn't really think about it, you know, having a spot for him and stuff. And one of the nights we were recording, in fact, that's the first night that the playoff tree showed up. I just accidentally hit the button as I was moving my hand to to move, you know. to switch a file and everything. And, and so for like five seconds, he starts talking like that. And that created, we realized playoff tree. And then I let him pick your voice and, you know, I, I thought he was going to be nice and he picked the weirdest voice for you. So you sound like a, a, a little person who might, you know, offer candy to kids in the van while playoff tree, which should be, you would think happy and, you know, joyous sounds like he's about to eat our souls. I don't think there's a lot of little people that offer candy to people, to kids in vans, because I don't think they would be the scariest. Like if a little person (laughs) like 
was like, hey, kid, you want some candy? And, like, they could easily probably just push that guy down and run away. Like, if the guy – and the, the logistics of a little person getting a kid into a van – I mean, I guess it would depend on the age of him. But, like, I, I, I think a little person would be a good abductor because I don't think kids would be afraid of him. That's a good point. As much as, like, a regular person. Hey, it's the coach – I was going to say it's the coach like, G.I. Joe uh, now you know moment as you're helping kids not be kidnapped by little know. people. Whether they're big or small, <laughs> run away no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> and the sad thing is, it's not like we planned any of that conversation. That's what happens when, you know, you, we always joke on the air, like we're, we're all fighting, but you said it best one day, our text threads between me, you and, and Grant, we can go silent for four months and then we'll just get a random like, hey, have you ever thought about putting a pineapple <laughs> up somebody's butt? What would happen? And, and we'll go for two days on that. And then we won't talk again for four or five months. I, that, I think that was the side conversation you and Grant had. I don't remember that that one. Well, you're the one to sent the pictures. You in playoff tree? No, I don't think so. Playoff tree. Playoff tree scared me, dude. Like that was that was really like like that was that was a biblical voice. It really like is. A, and a bad biblical. Voice. Oh, it was it was it was bad. Like the, if I asked any kid to say, hey, like like in my class, like hey, what do you think the devil sounds like? I'm pretty sure they would get close to Grant. And then the playoff tree, or Grant as the playoff tree, not just Grant, but well, Grant is the playoff tree. I'm sorry, I ruined that illusion for everybody. Well, I, I, no, I was about to say. So the funniest thing about that was, as you can tell, Grant forgets that we're doing on video because this whole time he was doing the the tree, and, and he said something <laughs> after the second show was like, "You think they know it was me?" And I'm like, well, maybe not the auto audio <laughs> listeners, maybe not. But he goes, well, why do you think the others? I'm like, well, Grant, you're talking on the mic. And, and he was like, I got to stop drinking so much during the shows. <laughs> he had totally forgot about that, man. He legit, legitimately just forgot that the camera had him there the whole time. But anyway, let's talk some uh, state football. What is your overall thoughts on 2A through 4A Uh the games this uh, week, Matt Diggs and I were talking, we did his segment and he kind of feels like there's going to be, you know, a bunch of blowouts. Do you feel that way? Uh, I'm taking the exact opposite of Matt, of, of, of Mike Duggs. I can promise you that, <laughs> but that guy knows nothing of what he speaks. Like I'm, I heard the other day, I heard he was going to get a henna tattoo that said forever on it. Like that's how stupid that guy is. So, <laughs> that took me a minute. I like that. Well played, sir. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think, I mean, I we say this kind of every year. Like the games that I think are going to be really close end up being one sided, mm-hmm. and the games that I'm like, oh man, these guys will whip them, end up being you know, or it's like one possession games. Uh, like I remember last year, I thought I thought Wimberley and Carthage would be. You know, I, I knew Carthage would win. Yeah, but I thought it would be like a 14 you know point game, yeah. and maybe you know Carthage scores with you know late in the fourth quarter to go up 14 or maybe 21 points, something like that. And then Carthage just throttled them. Like, I mean, the game was like 42 to nothing or 42 to seven or something like that. And I was just like, wow, this was a big letdown. But then who was it? Bernie was up last year and then China spring came back and won. Yep. That was, you know, that was a good game. And I thought, I kind of thought China spring would, would control that, you know, pretty much the whole game. So, the the one thing I've learned from doing this show and then just watching ESPN is nobody knows. <laughs> like, everybody thinks that they know, but but nobody knows. I mean, you're you know, Grant says it, y'all say it. I mean, you're dealing with high school kids. I mean, 
you, you never know what's going to get it was fine at practice yesterday is girlfriend broke up with him now and now he's mad and he doesn't want to play and he's out there pouting around and then his attitude rubs off on some other kid mm-hmm. somebody's worried about him you know, it's just you never know and that chose to make that my life which is <laughs> how stupid i am yeah you know, but, you know, but i think there's a I think there's some really good games, especially in the. I think the best game potentially is the is the Malachi Franklin game. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that one. Um, and then I think the uh, what's the 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 four A D two game is Gilmer and, Gilmer and, and who and I think that's going to be a good one too. So the other ones, I, I guess I do kind of agree with with uh, that other guy um, uh, that they I think they have potential to get out of hand but who knows again like i said nobody knows we don't know i don't know i pretend that i know but i really don't know even though i did go like like i said 29 and 3 that one week of the playoffs and then <laughs> you're gonna you're, you're, so I knew, you're gonna I knew 20 more times or 29 times out of 32 so that was pretty good yeah and, and in a year this year where there was it seemed like from about week two on, there seemed to be three upsets per round in the from two A to four A. Yeah, you actually did pretty good. Now let me ask you, somebody, uh, you know, we always joke about, but you have been at this game, uh, you have won at this game. Uh, I've been talking to coaches for the state championship preview shows, and of course, talking to like Mark Fan and a Franklin. It's old hat now. I mean, he's as a head coach, he's never not played in a state championship game. But talking to the couple of the other coaches, that this is their first time playing as a head coach at this level and a couple of them, this is their first time period. The biggest thing they've told me is they're shocked at how little of football they're actually getting to do this week because of everything else, the interviews, the paperwork, the UIL, all that kind of stuff. When you've been here, have you seen it that same way? Oh yeah. It's, you know, you're doing interviews with, I mean, it's really cool. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you're doing interviews like Craig way and stuff like that. Uh, and then, but all the additional stuff and travel and getting, you know, we, you know, we had to take charter buses and you had to get that all lined up and who gets the charter bus, the football players, the cheerleaders, the everybody that comes back to you and the band wants a charter bus. And, and we're like, where are the football coaches Let the band get the band, the charter bus. And, <laughs> And then, you know, fan bus, all that stuff. And then, yeah, you got interview and you got to get them a two deep roster and you got to get them a, you know, they, the, the last year we went, I started making it a phonetic roster because they <laughs> mispronounced a bunch of our kids' names. So I, I started, I made up an old phonetic roster and then a, a two deep roster and then a special teams roster. And I was like, man, we, special teams roster dude we're just grabbing kids and throwing them out there and sometimes it, you know you get in the lower levels of football sometimes kids dying on the sideline you just like you go run down on the kickoff yeah. your, your l4 go and but so you gotta deal with all that and then the, the the crazy thing was if you're the those middle games like i i whoever's doing the tv now valleys or whatever but it was like all right you get 30 minutes to warm up that's what you get, you know, and you're usually, you know, at a regular football game, like if the game starts at seven, seven thirty, you know, you get there at, you know, five and you, you know, you do the kids walk around the field and you start getting taped and you have your, 
you have your meetings and then you you know you go do this and you run through your pregame and you do this you do that and then you go back in the locker room and then you, you know maybe meet with the quarterback or linebacker or something again and then you uh you know get the last little you know head coach goes in there and you know we're gonna beat them yeah 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 and let's go out and roll and that's like a two-hour thing and sometimes some coaches it's a two and a half hour thing and they're like nope you get 30 minutes guy you know, you can't get in a locker room until this time and you can't do that. And so, man, I remember the year we went or first time I went, we were, you know, doing like high knees and stuff in the parking lot underneath the stadium, you know, and getting warmed up and tried to save some time there. And, but remember Wednesday before we left, we went through our crash course pregame routine just so the kids would have some type of idea of what we were doing and while we were doing it so we could save and be more efficient. And so, and then you have to figure out how to win the state championship <laughs> between all that and everything too. And, and, you know, and I, I, you know, when we played, there was four games on Thursday Yep. and the, the one, uh, and so, I mean, then they're trying to smash four games in on a Thursday and, but then there's really not a great way to do it. I mean, the, the, the TV exposure and the way that how the kids get it done is, is great for the kids and there's not a perfect way to do it. You have to play four games on Thursday or what they're doing now, which I think is better. But then those guys that are playing on Wednesday, that 2A team, you know, that goes back and forth. Like, really, you only get two days to practice for the state championship game. And, you know, that can be rough, too. And if you're coming from far away, yeah, you might not get that much. Like, I looked uh, I looked and saw, you know, Toller's playing. And, you know, Toller's not very far from AT&T. And Timpson's, you know, it's a day's drive. But... You know, I remember that one year and I was, I saw the Canadian guy talking like they were playing at 10 o'clock in the morning on Thursday. Well, they're eight hours away from AT&T stadium. And he was like, yeah, we, you know, we practiced Monday and Tuesday. We got up early and drove to Wichita Falls Wednesday and stopped and had practice there. And then had dinner and then stayed in a hotel room and then had to get up. I was like, gosh, almighty. I'm glad I didn't have to do that. Well, you bring up a good point because that is that is something that this year, uh, because of the matchups, it, it, people are starting to, to do the whole, well, why is this not being rotated more? Because when you look, you know, and we're not covering the, the higher classes, but, you know, North Shore is used to it, but you've got Duncanville, DFW versus Houston, DeSoto, DFW versus uh, Summer Creek, which is Humble, which is Houston, uh, Alito versus uh, uh, Smithson Valley, which is basically San, north of San Antonio, uh, South Oak Cliff versus PNG, Port Natchez Grove, Anna versus Chapel Hill. All of those, one team is sleeping in their beds on the night before the game, and the other team, if they're going to come up the, the day of, they're going to have to get up really, really early to do it. Yeah. Well, to the people that I say are crying about that, build a better stadium Yep. in Houston or San Antonio because y'all can pay that NRG and the Alamo Dome and all that stuff is as nice as AT&T Stadium, and I'd say you're a liar, sir. I mean, that's the nicest stadium in the state. I mean, that's just bottom line. It is. And that's where it should be. I mean, that, that's a billion dollar facility and, and I've played in all three of them and it's by far, I mean, it's, five to ten times faster than the other two and people don't understand when we say this you, you can say what you want about jerry jones as a cowboy general manager and some of his other stuff but his people that he hires knows how to handle everybody 
to do it with nicety, with class. I mean, I was at the last one that was at Houston, and, and the games were perfectly fine, and the people were perfectly nice, but they didn't go that, that extra step. I mean, it's, it's such a big thing that when the security guard uh, that was up at AT&T Stadium and Texas Stadium back in the day passes away, it literally created a ripple through the state because that's the type of relationships those people that work for the Dallas Cowboys do for the coaches, for the media, for the fans, for everybody. And as great as the stadium is, to me, it's the it's how they treat everybody. That's the biggest part. Oh, by far. Like I, I remember telling somebody the difference between the other two stadiums and AT&T Stadium was AT&T Stadium was like, you are a guest in our house and we're going to make sure that you feel welcomed and you feel like a guest, like you're a house guest and we want you to stay as long as you want at the other stadiums. It was like, we're doing you a favor. So you better appreciate it. And like, I remember one year, like they, uh, I'm not going to say stay in because I don't want to do it, but our game went long and they wouldn't let uh, the, meal for the kids come in that they're like nope it's too late you can't we don't take deliveries anymore and so they just threw six hundred dollars worth of food away because wow. they wouldn't let them go because their game was late and they're like nope gates locked after this time we, we don't open it up anymore and Jesus. so our kid we got done we we you know get done with the state championship game and our kids were like all right coach what are we gonna eat and uh we're like oh it should be sonic around here somewhere and they're like oh no nope, they wouldn't let them in what do you mean wouldn't let them in like we and then not only that didn't tell us that's what it was our head coach called the Sonic and they were like, Oh, they would they didn't let us in. They said the gate was locked and they wouldn't open it. They wouldn't let anybody in. And, uh, so our kids, uh, played in the state championship game. We were just like, all right, we'll get on the bus. And we stopped. Luckily we had a really good superintendent. We stopped at a, uh, convenience store. It was the only thing that was open on the drive back. And he's like, y'all just get whatever you want. And so, yeah, they got chips and peanuts and candy bars on the ride home. Oh man, that's great. You have state championship kids who are also sugared up on, Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, luckily I was in the van. All right, let's turn our attention to Gunter versus Tidehaven, two teams that are unbeaten, but two teams that, in my opinion, honestly, are just on different levels. But I do want to uh, uh, shine a spotlight on the season that Tidehaven's had. Uh, What a great year, beating Dangerfield last week in an absolute classic. In fact, back-to-back wins for Tidehaven overtime against their rival Poth, who had knocked them out for three years in a row, and then beating Dangerfield last week in overtime. I, I do think they're the decided underdog, but I will say this, Coach. They are a team uh, with a stud back in Joseph Dodds and a system that likes to play keep away, and if they're in any way able to do that like they did against Dangerfield, I do think that this game can be closer than what people think, but it's still Gunter and Damn it, Gunter's really good this year. Couldn't disagree more, my friend. Oh, that's uh, right. You were that going off on the two teams on different levels, and I was totally all about it because I think Todd Haven is vastly superior in every way possible. You know, like football-wise, uh, location-wise, supermarket-wise. <laughs> oh, my God. Cereal. See? Serial wise, Dang like I think that's I mean, they're just so much better. Like they don't accuse your your mother of, you know, trying to rip off a grocery store for a you know, whatever at that time in nineteen eighty one, how much how much could a box of Captain Crunch have been? Like a dollar eighty nine? Yeah, something like that. 
I mean, now it's four dollars, so it had to be like a dollar. It might have been even a minute since. So why would my mom even drive back? She was trying to do the people of Gunner a service by letting that shopkeeper know, hey, you have an infestation, and he accused her of putting roaches in the cereal. I, so you know, I mean, I that's why I, you know, Todd Haven, like I said, is just on a different level of you know people-wise and, and, and playing football-wise. And, you know, those people are probably still there, and they probably have, you know, kids that play football. And, and you know, so Todd Haven. But I still say somebody sh- I saw somewhere, and I forgot what it was, like El Maton means something really cool in Spanish. Like, why not have that be the name of your high school? El Maton, and like I said, be the Banditos, be, you know, the Luchadors, be something really, really cool if your name is going to be El Maton. Like it means like the the bad or like the the something like something really cool in Spanish. Well, yeah, I wish I knew Spanish. I would tell you what it meant. I'm actually surprised you don't, but I think it was Matt Step that tweeted that out, and and it's one of those that there's not really a like there's like multiple stories of, of how they became El Maton. Some one of it, I think it's the killer is is what you're thinking about. There another, you go. another one's supposed to be about uh, a guy that uh, stuck his foot in a railroad by mistake and got ran over by a handcart. which by the way, if I'm thinking of that, and if you think of like all the old black and white comedies with the handcart, that means he was sitting there for like 10 minutes yelling before he finally got ran <laughs> over because handcarts aren't the fastest things in the world. So like I can just picture that from uh, Austin Power where he's like, ah, yeah. and then they pull back and the handcart's like a half a mile <laughs> down the track. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually like you. I mean, Tidehaven's cool and the Tigers are fine, uh, but man, El Maton. The, the El Maton Conquistadors. That just that that would be. Yes. I would be afraid to play that team. Dear God, that would be awesome. Like people should ask us when they make a new high school. Thank you. Like, hey, hey, what should we do? All right, well, let's do a little research of your town first. Like, when when New Bronzeville's opened up another high school, they're like, what are we gonna be? Well, we're gonna be the unicorns. No, you can't do that. You know, it's not allowed. There's already a unicorn. And that was unique to that is the only unicorn in the history of Texas high school football. So if you split schools, you have to come up with a new mascot. Now you can make come up with another, you know, badass one too, but you know, you don't get to be the, the unicorns. So next time you're going to open a school, you need to email Grant and Terry at sideline to sideline or whatever the deal is. And we will let you know what you're allowed to be and to not to be. And if it's if it's nothing cool, then just don't open the school. Like you know, like McConaughey said, it'd be a lot cooler if you did. Like, ask us what you want, and we'll tell you what you can be. You that's, know, that's a good lesson for all you out there. Yeah, and, and so, you're right though. I'm tired of all the high the new ones being called Legacy or Memorial. Or I, I think if you're gonna open a new school, if you wanna if you wanna really just prove how awesome you are you find the worst story about your community and that's your mascot. So like if like Texas, you know, Texarkana had the, the serial killer, the town that dreaded sundown so that they should be the Texas high serial killers. I mean, that would put fear into my heart. If I had back in the day when we played them, when I was at Marshall, I, I would have been like, man, we're playing serial killers here. No, nah, nah, we're playing tigers. What would he do? Everybody's a tiger. So I actually approve your message. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Like, uh, especially when you go like, we're opening a new high school. What we're going to call it? 
legacy. You have no legacy. You're a first year high school. Oh, good so point. That, that's just redundant by by the name. Like that's the kind of stuff that makes me mad. Like you know, we need legacy. You're a first year school, and you don't even have seniors in school yet. You have no legacy. Like that one year that one of the what was one of the Frisco's made it to the state championship game, or or one of the the ten Frisco's, or one of the uh, that had the Jet Duffy kid playing quarterback. I remember him. Oh, Lone Star. And there was yeah, and there was like. There's like 12 guys at the at the, at the game because it was like, oh, wait, they've only had three graduating classes, <laughs> which is which is amazing in the fact that you made it that fast state championship game. But yeah, there was like they had like a thousand people at the game, and I was like, oh yeah, there's you know they have no alumni network, they have no you know, and that's we yeah, I guess you get know with multiple school towns because there's not like a big you know like when you see these schools like even Gunner and Tidehaven and all that stuff, you know the whole town's gonna go to the game. Yep. Yeah, you know, and that's that's really cool. I mean, that's 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 awesome. That's neat. Um, the whole deal we go back to about the first year thing, you know, um, when we said with Timson and Toller, you know, that won't have an effect on the Gunner kids. It, it won't because you know they they play for state all the time, or they play deep in the playoffs, you know, all the all the decade time. So that will have a little bit less effect, and you know, they're a lot closer to state. Like we talked about that before, Todd Aben has to drive five six hours to get there, but I, I like Todd Avon. I really do. And and that has nothing, uh, you know, well, it, it has something to do with my bias against Gunner <laughs> because of my mother. But I think Todd Avon is just one of those teams that, like, nobody expects. Like, like uh, you know, Boise State against Oklahoma. It was like, oh, Oklahoma will romp them. And then Boise State does what, you know, Boise State does and come up with the greatest finish in the history of college football and ran 17 different trick plays to do it. But they got it done. And, I I like Ty Davin a lot. I, I really do. The, the running back's a good player. Um, you know, what Gunner did to Canadian, I'm not gonna lie, can't be discredited because no. Canadian was a dang good football team. And and so Gunner is a really good football team. I I I give him that too. But I'm keeping my streak alive and I'm going with the Tigers of Tidehaven to win this game and make me look really, really smart against everybody, especially Matthew Bartholomew Doug's of the Fort Worth Star Telegram. L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. So like and subscribe and check us out. Terry Bennett back here on the Gunner versus Tidehaven preview show. Wrapping it up, we've got one more expert, and that's Mr. Matt Diggs. And the reason I'm coming on now uh, is to say uh, during the recording of this show or this segments with Mr. Diggs, had some technical issues, didn't know about it till after we were done. I wasn't going to try to get him to come back and do more because, I mean, the way we do these when I talk to him and when I talk to Grant this week, because Grant wasn't in studio, or when I talk to Coach X for these is we do an intro where we kind of general talk about what you think about the you know state championship week and all. And then we just go through game by game by game. And then I chop it all up for, for the actual show. And so I didn't even realize it till later on that night. And I wasn't going to try to get him to come back and repeat all that. You'll be able to hear us fine. It's just my mic was messed up. And, and so I didn't realize that. And so it sounds like I'm in a tin can, but here is Professor Diggs. Matt Diggs back here on the Sideline to Sideline State Championship preview. We're starting off talking 
Toller and Timpson, and we'll be talking all those through this. But before we do all that, Mr. Diggs, first off, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm blessed. How you doing, Terry? Uh, it's the, my favorite time of the, the year. Uh, I hate it because it's the end of the season. So, like, we talked about this last week on the show. You know, it's like a cliff. Like, I'm going, going, going. And then for me, Saturday morning, I wake up and it's like, oh, I, I have nothing else to do now for six months. But other than that, I love this time of year. And it's state championship. And before we get into breaking down the games, just give me your overall, what do you think about this year's championship games? I, I think it's a pretty good uh, uh, combination of new teams, old teams, all that. What are your thoughts? I disagree with you a little bit because, oh, yeah. I mean, at, at the top of the, the bracket, effectively, in the 6A, it, it's the same old thing. I mean, well, the favorites true. are probably the favorites yet again. And this is the first year where my fairness bracket has kind of kicked in. I think we kind of see a little bit of a disparity with all the Dallas schools making it. That is it truly fair that all of those programs are going to get to sleep in their bed and have just a normal week, uh, a normal preparation, whereas you've got all these other teams coming from around the state to AT&T Stadium uh, who are going to be completely out of their routine. And I think that is a massive intangible for some of the games, especially when you have a team like Summer Creek, uh, who's never been here before, uh, playing a team that's not only been here before, but it's going to get to sleep in their own bed. So this is the first time, Terry, I've really kind of felt like. And is, is this situation really fair for all teams involved? Well, yeah, I agree with you at the top end. And, you know, I, I've talked to you about it, and me and Grant have talked about it. Uh, it's funny. I can't get enough of Gunner versus Canadian. But, honestly, uh, Duncanville versus North Shore, I, I just don't care anymore. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but other than Coach Samples finally winning it last year, the best game of it was the first game, the Hail Mary. Every one of them since then has just been – and this is also a, a compliment to the two defenses, but let's just be honest. They've been boring football. Oh yeah, they're 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 very, but because they're so good at it, it's kind yes. of like watching mid-tier SEC football, and you're just like, yeah, this is great. I, I've seen it; it's nice, and I, I I just like to see new teams, and you know, maybe seven A will finally shake it up to where we get uh, new teams and new classes and, and new matchups. But I mean, overall, right now, the the really good teams are shining right now, and we're seeing really big point margins, and I think the state championship. For maybe you know nine of the twelve games are likely blowouts. It's going to be the three games that you know we'll really enjoy and that we'll we will really cherish. But again, so many blowouts and and I think it's just because the teams are the teams this year. Yeah, I mean, and, and there, it was a couple of years ago. I think if I remember off the top of my head, last year was solid. But a couple of years ago, it was a pretty like I even admitted like midway through the four A's, I was kind of like, all right, I'm done. Like, I just – they just weren't exciting games. And that's the one negative, honestly, also about – I feel like we're being all negative, Nancy. We just talked about this is our favorite time of the year. But one of the other negatives about when you're in that kind of stadium is even if it's an exciting game, you kind of lose that. You, you At home, and even there, I mean, I've been there. This is, I've been there just as many times as I haven't since they started the one place. And that is one of the negatives, man. If, even if, if Martin, Albany go into overtime – it's 7,000 fans in 92,000 or 100,000-seat stadium, and you don't get to feel that energy and that, that, that pull of that game. 
Yeah, and, and I think on Saturday we could see some really energetic crowds with people oh, yeah. in, in South Dallas. So that side will definitely be good. You're right, and, and that was your idea, Terry. That you know really captivated me throughout the season is let's take these small schools and put them to the star. Let's let those games be played at the star, and I think you could have some fascinating and a little bit more compactful uh, type of. Uh, games where you're not expanding this out over four four days. One of the things I'm actually looking f- most forward to is on Wednesday. I'm going to go check out a little six man football action, uh, and as well as the the Wednesday night game. Uh, and and I'm beginning to start to see that the allure of the Wednesday night game is. I think the Wednesday night game has even more prestige than maybe even the Thursday afternoon or the Thursday morning game because you got a night game. You are the main event across the state of Texas, and it's something unique. Wednesday night football doesn't happen often. Yeah, but I, I still feel that because it's not, and this is not a knock on the two six A's, but the, the people that go to see six A are the hardcores, uh, the, the six man fans, or this is the first time I've ever seen it and I want to see it. The rest, and I know this from talking to people and stuff, the rest are just like, yeah, I'll start on Thursday. You know, I'll just watch the, uh, I'll watch the first game in my hotel room if they have valleys or if anybody has valleys. But yeah, I'll just start my big, you know, my big going there every day on Thursday. So I see the point, um, I, but I do think it gets hurt by that. Now, I wonder if if there's a point that if we're going to keep them in, in Dallas or at one place, and it's going to be Dallas for the most part or Arlington, I, I almost wonder is there any point do you ever switch up this, the, 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 the rotation? I know you're never going to put a 6A on Wednesday, but why can't a two, why can't three A and four A and two A switch it up a little bit and they rotate a little bit and let two A have a, a Friday night or something like that? You got everybody talks about all oh, the six man and two A really want to be there. Okay, so then let's make it fair for them. Right, and and I mean yeah, they flip the D one D two and really that only impacts the Thursday night Friday morning Friday morning yep. you know, that. that Otherwise, your six A's are Saturday, whether it's at three or seven. So, I but again, we're talking about fine tweaking a really good system. Yes. Uh, for the most part, it is a very good system, and I think you could do some things better with it. But especially this year, so many Dallas area teams that highlights the the disparity in having to come up here and, and not come up there. I throw a little psychology fact out there, and if you're coming up here to dr- if you're coming in here to sleep and you're going to stay at a hotel. The first night you ever sleep at a hotel, psychologically, your fight or flight mechanism, your parasympathetic nervous system is always on guard because you're in a completely new environment. You don't get good night sleeps the first night. Now, when you're on a vacation, second, third, fourth night, yeah, you, you're fine. But that very first night, you have problems. And a lot of these teams are only coming up for one night if they're coming up at all. And if they're not coming up at all, we're talking about 3 or 4 a.m. wake-up times. That is a massive change to the the anatomy and your routine for getting ready for football yeah i think franklin's coming up the day of because i think i saw on their franklin page that they're having a send-off party at 6 30 a.m but I, I will flip that on you and I'm not, I'm not trying to act like it's not a benefit but i had one coach tell me he would prefer to have his kids in a hotel that he's over than be at their own homes where they might be up all night because they're nervous playing video games or online or watching movies because I'd rather at least have a control of I can check and see if they're at least laying down at night. So I, I can see – I see your side of it, and it does look bad because there's just so many DFW area teams. Uh, but but I do think there's a case to be made that these are kids, and kids bounce back really well. And all the stuff that we gripe about now, back when we were 14, 15, 16, we wouldn't even pay attention to. 
all valid points. And, and a coach being able to kind of keep that kind of control over a team is very important. But still, you can be laying down, but it doesn't mean you're getting good rest. Division two, Matt, we've got one team we knew would be here in Gunter, 15-0, and versus a team that nobody thought was going to be here, and that's Tidehaven, 14-0. and uh, It's a battle of the Tigers. In fact, this is Tidehaven's back-to-back weeks of the Battle of the Tigers. I will go ahead and say it now. I don't think this is going to be a pretty game. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game either. When I was kind of rating my probabilities, uh, I had Gunner as a 99% favorite. I mean, I feel like of all of the 12 games where I feel most confident, I would I would put my chips in on Gunter against Tidehaven right now. And really, you know, you talked about we knew it was going to be Gunner. I had some reasonable doubt going into that Canadian game. Uh, and the way they beat Canadian just kind of cements that 99% tile that I think the confidence that Gunner is going to win this game. Uh, Tidehaven Haven, great story, great season, but this fight that Gunter is showing each and every week, I mean, I was watching some of the clips of Walker Overman and and the Canadian Canadian Gunner game, and again, I mean, it was physical, but they were wanting to bring it. That uh, Coach Faisal, that TPW mentality is on full full blast right now and you know i i think there's an unspoken rule that we'll give you a 15 yard penalty if you're going to keep the tvw up you know you can have one here here and there uh you might have to run for for aesthetics afterwards but you know we're, we're you know it's a wink wink nudge nudge kind of a thing we want to we want to create this kind of standard and this kind of intensity you know we like to play to the echo of the whistle i, I love that term a coach told me one time you know we're going to play to the echo of the whistle and gunter is doing just that they are physical they are loaded they are deep and i think they are probably i I wish we could have gunner franklin i wish we could have that rematch uh instead of what we did maybe have ty david and and malakov and you know kind of have a have a seating and and regionalization but as it is i think we're gonna have a blowout here with gunner and tidehaven yeah gunter to me feels the closest that we have had at this level since the salinas of the late 80s that team that they, 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 they warm up right. They do everything right. They play football right. They'll also punch you in the gut when the when you're down in the pile if that nobody sees it. They'll get a little over-emotional, which I'm perfectly fine with. I'm not saying any of this is a knock. As any coach will tell you, you got to have some dogs if you want to win. But, yeah, Gunner has that, that just that mystique about them. They've earned that now. I can see a path that Tidehaven keeps it close. And it's going to have to be exactly how they did it against Dangerfield, and that's play keep away. And that's play keep the ball in your hands. Uh, Joseph Dodds, you know, don't get 500 yards, but get me three to four yards every carry. Uh, They do so well with, like, their little jet sweeps and stuff. They run such a – I mean, it's a lot of the same rules as slot T and and, and wing T, but they're doing it out of jet sweeps and stuff. But then I just go back to remember, oh, wait, Gunner's defense might be the best part of them this year. You know, two years ago, or Franklin, yeah, two years ago, Franklin beat them really bad in state. It was a high-scoring game, and I remember talking to the coaching staff after that, and they literally were like, this is never going to happen again. You know, we will give up offense, and that's what they did last year. That's why Ethan Sloan didn't have the, oh, my God, yards that he did the year before because he played more safety, and that made them better. And this year, it's just even better on the defensive side. And Tidehaven has some nice pieces. I mean, you can oh, yes. look at you know a couple of their pieces and go, okay, you know these these are 
all state kind of players right here. It's just the depth. I mean, I think Gunner, we talk about all of the, their offensive prowess, their offensive line will beat you down. And, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, you might have to double, double team one of their defensive ends, but you know, the, everybody else is going to step up because they, they are so deep uh, at, at, you know, if the tight end has to come over and support things, they got the players to do it. I, I just think from one to 22, if we we're playing a pick them kind of a thing, you're going to take 17 or 18 of the gunner players. Uh, and that's just a, a recipe for, you can have two or three turnovers. You can play less than a perfect game and you're still going to win by three scores. Yeah, in Class 3A, Division One got their wish, as you're seeing uh, Lorena and, and Brock move up. Class 3A, Division Two woke up to the nightmare that Gunner just missed the cutoff. And they're going to have that same – it's going to be different positions, of course. We're going to have to replace a legend in Walker Overman. But next year, they're going to come in with 6-6, six and six, and they're going to have a guy that's going to be Walker Overman-esque. He's going to be short. He's going to run that little option and all that do. And we're going to probably be sitting here next year talking about uh, a gunner in this one. I, I, you said it. I, I think this was the, for, for the lower classes, this is the one that to me gets the ugliest. I have it 42 to 7. about done with the preview show for gunner versus tide haven if you're watching the video that means you're probably sitting in the lobby ready for the watch party as i'm going to be doing that again watching this game uh, with all of you last night we did our first one and it was great uh, we had a couple thousand in it sometimes by this point it'll be the third one i'm curious to see how well i'll be handling this because i basically had a two-hour nap I went to bed almost immediately after uh, the show ended last night uh, and was back up by one in the morning producing these because I'm doing six of the preview shows, six watch parties. And when I'm doing a watch party, I can't really produce the next previews. You know, I, I have to get those done at the beginning of the day. And also, I, I'm trying to get the audio ones out for as early as I can through the day. So people that are, you know, Gunner and Tidehaven fans that are coming to the game, they have time to listen to it. And then of course, watch the video on the preview show. So there's a good chance that I'm going to be punched drunk tonight. Matt Diggs might be joining me here at some of these games tomorrow for the two four a games in Ternoia out drank the coverage. My co-host talking all things, Dallas Cowboys and college. He'll be here. He wanted to check out some high school football. Sorry, I've got the itchy dry skin season. Uh, he wanted to check out some high school football he hadn't watched in a while. Uh, and I thought, hey, that's a perfect opportunity to get you to come in and help me uh, co-host the two games tomorrow. And they're going to be two great 4A games. Uh, also, him and I, I and him, however you want to say it. Next Monday, we're going to be doing another live watch party for Monday Night Football. 
Eagles versus Seahawks in a huge NFC game with a lot of implications uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. So you can check that out as well. If you're on your way to the game, be safe. Have a Merry Christmas. If your team wins or loses, just remember, it's just awesome to be here, to have that chance, to have the memories to play at AT AT&T Stadium, to play for a state champion. You can't beat that. Yeah, you hope you get the victory, but more importantly, just remember it for the good times it is. Until next time, I'm Terry Bennett, and this has been Sideline to Sideline, the state championship preview show for Gunner versus Tidehaven, brought to you by SI Design and Printing and the Shaggy Dog right here on L4 Media.